0: This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami Podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from Season Three, Episode Fifty-One. Our first preview of Liver Meeting Twenty-Twenty-Two, plus from the Vault, a section from our Liver Meeting Twenty-Twenty-One coverage that includes predictions of what we might learn next week in D.C. This conversation starts with Stephen Harrison commenting on the Wang presentation that Yaron Schottenberg introduced at the end of the last conversation. He says it highlights important facts about the diabetes population. We've known that this population has significantly higher rates of Nash and fibrosis, and Stephen lists those numbers. As he points out though, this study also demonstrates that they progress faster. He also notes that in this study we're working with a relatively young population, and while the mean BMI is clearly obese at 34, it is lower than many patients hepatologists see in clinic. He continues, if you look at older patients or those who are more obese, you might see even more dramatic results. And in closing, he wonders whether length or severity of diabetes predict the speed of fibrosis progression. At this point, the focus shifts to papers and presentations identified by Jeff McIntyre, Vice President of Liver Health Programs at Global Liver Institute. Jeff notes two items, the first of which is Donna Cryer's patient keynote address Saturday morning titled Liver Health Equity, Overcoming Stigma, Access, and Policy Barriers. Jeff comments eloquently that while stigma, access, and policy barriers have to do with stigma, there are actually themes that run through this entire agenda. He cites a range of issues that reflect on issues of health equity without actually being about health equity because they're also about overall patient care and support. For example, broadened use of NITs. On these kinds of issues, Issues, Jeff notes, advocates and treating physicians can align in support of both groups' agendas while being true to their own mission and the cumulative need to treat the disease. Jeff also points out the liver and queer session running at 10.30 on Saturday morning, which is an introduction to the AASLD LGBT Task Force. He points out here that there are specific issues with those populations that have never been addressed, and he is excited as a patient advocate that this signifies the beginning of the effort to do so. I ask Jordan to comment on the health equity issues that Jeff has raised. As he says, NAFLD has inequality written all over it in terms of food, Food, access to care, even green spaces where people feel safe while exercising. He looks forward to hearing Donna Cryer discuss how to overcome these issues. As the conference closes, Jeff and Jorn agree on two public perceptions that need to be addressed. The naphalde is a disease of affluence, and that food issues stand at least somewhat independent of health. As Jorn Schottenberg comments early in this episode, it is amazing how much data and energy will emerge from this meeting. So much that we are gonna continue our preview episode next week. This is great stuff. So listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue. On our LinkedIn discussion group.
1: Stephen Harrison this highlights a lot of important aspects of the diabetic population. I mean, if you think about diabetics, 70% have fatty liver on an MRI, and a third of them minimal have NASH, and in the teens, percentage-wise, have significant fibrosis. This is at, at any time a diabetic comes into your office. That's the numbers. 70% fat, a third have NASH, and 10 to 17% have F2 or greater fibrosis. So this is a huge at risk population. That would be low-hanging fruit for anybody evaluating it. And I do think this is important data. It now shows that not only do these people have significant risk for NASH and advanced fibrosis, but that they can progress relatively quickly relative to non-diabetics and do so in a relatively short period of time. So what are some nuances of this trial? Well, I think it's important to note that the mean age is only 51 years old. and The mean BMI is only, and I say only, 34, because that's actually relatively thin for what we see in clinic here in the US when we talk about obese diabetics. Now, we do know clearly that fibrosis progresses. uh, There's more fibrosis in older patients than younger patients, and that fibrosis also progresses more rapidly in women than in men, particularly once women become postmenopausal. So if you were to uh, look at this data in decades of life and look at the 60 versus 50 and the 70-year-old versus the 60-year-old, and then you do the same thing, with increasing rates of obesity, and then you tie in female versus male, you'll begin to see, in my opinion, even greater separations in these diabetics. So that's something I'm anxious to see if they can tease out additional bits of data from. The other thing that has kind of been out there for a long time in the diabetics, the questions that exist are, does the severity of diabetes impact fibrosis progression? And does the length of time a patient has been diabetic impact the length of progression? Two additional questions. I'm anxious to see as we move into the liver meeting and potentially somebody would ask those provocative questions in the Q&A session. And if not, hopefully they'll come out in the subsequent paper.
2: Jeff McIntyre.
1: It's thought-provoking.
3: We've got a paper in the Journal of Clinical Gastronology that's going to be coming out sometime. We don't have the date on that as well, where we put a group of the KOLs together to talk about non-invasives. And one of the things, you know, this was probably a year ago that we had this panel, maybe a year and a half and and it occurs to me one of the things that came out of that in a way that the field has evolved is that it used to be that if you had diabetes that you should be tested for fatty liver disease for NAFLD and I think we've evolved in this paper you know the abstract that you're talking about and what you've just said Stephen certainly substantiates that that's no longer the case if you've got 70% showing up then it might should be assumed to have fatty liver disease and instead should be tested for NASH instead and, and the question that you pose about the severity of diabetes being related to the stage of fibrosis is very interesting because it could point to perhaps an even more severe problem than what we're aware of right now.
0: Which is scary when you think about it. Hey, All right, moving along, Jeff. Why don't we go to one of yours?
3: Yes. I'm going to be a total homer here in terms of promoting the patient panels and the patient programming that will be at ASLD. So it won't be quite as abstract driven as Jorn and Steven have uh, eloquently reviewed in their discussion as well. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a twofer in this, a little two for one in this, which is that I'm going to promote and being a total homer for Donna's presentation that she'll be given the patient keynote address Saturday morning at 9 a.m. That's on the 5th. on the liver health equity, overcoming stigma, access, and policy barriers. Um, and I wasn't going to promote this originally. Sorry, Donna. But something jumped out about this when I was looking at the rest of the patient programming. And that was that when you look at overcoming stigma, access, and policy barriers, that that is an equity conversation. But in a lot of ways, it's not an equity conversation. It's a thread that actually has run through addressing fatty liver disease and NASH throughout of how do we deal with the policy barriers, whether it's through coding, whether it's through FDA approvals, through its, through their designation of endpoints, through whatever it is. But are there policy objectives that we could jointly kind of converge around that would be able to help us address those and the equity issue at the same time? Access is certainly a big issue for us to be able to deal with. We see that in terms of practically, you know, in a non-equity scale, just being able to recruit for clinical trials, but also being able to get from an equity perspective, being able to address access to services, access to screening. One of the great hopes as we begin to talk more and more about non-invasives and get closer and closer in our baby steps to a non-invasive standard is that that can then be scaled in a way that allows for better screening in populations that may not have access in the way that other populations do for determining their fatty liver disease. Overcoming stigma, that certainly is an equity issue, but it's also an issue for patients that are dealing with obesity or dealing with racial inequality of some sort. And this is where my tie is to the second part that I wanted to talk about is that Saturday at 10.30 a.m., there's going to be a session called Liver and Queer, which is an intro to the ASLD LGBTQ Task Force. So when we talk about equity, traditionally, it has been with a certain amount of populations. And we realized, I've been on the ASLD Practice Guidelines Committee uh, for the past two years. We recently, I'm not sure when it'll come out, but we recently went through the Liver Disease and Reproductive Health Guidelines. And we realized when we were talking in that and looking at the language that was being promoted there, that it was very gender binary, that we weren't talking about non-binary individuals. We weren't talking about issues that may be of importance there. And so when we talk about equity, it's really great to see ASLD bringing the LGBTQ community into the conversation. Because even if nothing changes, it is a voice that was not represented and a voice that's critically important as we see those population numbers are going to grow as we begin to designate them separately from our traditional binary numbers in that way. And so that's what I'm bringing is Donna's address on liver health equity, which I'm sure we'll be promoting our Center on Liver Health Equity that we just launched, but specifically talking about access and policy barriers and stigma, as it also is complemented by then the Saturday at 10.30 a.m. session on Liver and Queer, the Intro to ASLD's LGBTQ Task Force.
0: So, Yarn, you kind of serve as this podcast resident health equity expert, so wondering how you react.
2: Yarn Schottenberg. Thank you. Um, I didn't know I did, but uh, I'm happy to take up the ball and start running here because this resonates with me at my multiple levels. I think NAFLD is about inequality, and it has inequality written all over it at multiple levels. It's about education. It's about the availability of food, and it's about the availability of urban green spaces to exercise safely. So I think at a public health level, there's so many approaches that could be taken, and as such, I'm very happy to see Donna step up, take the microphone, and do what she does best is highlight from a patient advocacy perspective, as I expect she will, what would be the way forward to battle some of that inequality, and in the end, the decrease burden of the disease with the patients, decrease stigma, and address this disease and, and across all levels. Uh, you might say this is a disease of effluence where wealthy people overeat, but it's not. I think it's mostly related to poor access of healthy foods. It's something we got to tackle at the population and social level uh, at so many aspects.
3: Let me build on that real quick in saying that we just saw the completion of the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health here in the United States, and it was considered concerning that a lot of the conversation around that conference ended up dealing with supply chain issues and sustainability, with chronic disease as just being kind of this asterisk or this talking point that would float throughout the conference, but never really emphasized. And so it's easy when we get into these conversations to be really diverted by other issues that come up in this about just kind of throwing more calories at people, which is kind of where that notion of affluence comes from. But the reality is that if we were to address the most vulnerable populations in the worst case scenarios if we were to take care of only those patients with fatty liver disease or any sort of chronic liver disease we would go a long way towards resolving a lot of this uh, disease in this nation and around the world
0: well now i know that you're here to play louise's role because that's exactly what she would have said If she would have said that that was too late you've got to hit people when they're well not if the disease comes up
2: and now back to roger
0: we hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingmash.com. We'll be back next week to continue our preview of next month's Liver Meeting 2022. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We look forward to seeing you on podcast. Bye-bye now.